Hi, welcome back to the Because Marriages Work podcast. And yay, this is episode four. But before we dive right into episode four, I think one of the important things to highlight is that if you're married, dating, or engaged, getting your spouse or significant other to listen to the podcast is also important. It creates shared understanding and you don't feel like you're making necessary adjustments and hitting a brick wall on the other side. On today's episode, we will be talking about resentment. I think it has come up in bits and pieces in all the previous episodes where we will say don't cross over into resentment and we think it's important we speak specifically to resentment as a topic today. Yeah, we've said resentment a thousand and one times. Mm. So let's dive right in. <sighs> Where does resentment come from? Personally, I think it's desires unexpressed, expectations unmet. I think I resent you right now because your voice is louder than mine. <laughs> That's envy. <laughs> I know it's interesting that you would say that because some researcher says that resentment actually belongs to the envy group of emotions. Others say it belongs to the anger family. (laughs) But I believe that whichever way the pendulum swings, we can all agree that it's a negative emotion. Mm. And holding on to resentment is one of the most destructive things you can do in a relationship. Because I feel like it is nearly impossible to understand other people's perspective when you're angry or resentful. Um, You never have a complete view of a negotiation, (laughs) even when your part of it is actually right. Mm. Anger and resentment make you oversimplify and you start to see only one negative aspect of something. Even if you're right, you oversimplify when you're resentful or angry. Right, right. I mean, I think that sometimes the things that create resentment were issues that uh, require communication or maybe negotiation or compromise sometimes. Mm -hmm. But they were overlooked. You Mm. know, you probably ignored it. You probably felt, you know what, I'll just deal with it. Or... Mm. Maybe you're not dealing with it, but you decide, you know what, I'm not going to talk about it. Mm. And then the emotions, you know, begin to increase in their intensity and, you know, you just can't stand the person. (laughs) At the point, you find out that it has deteriorated to the point where it's tough to Mm. look at the person, you know, it's tough to imagine why you're even with the person. And it was just a simple communication, you know, that was overlooked. Mm, mm. I mean, like, um, just going right... I think some of the other causes that I've experienced in or I have I have noticed is um, betrayal. Mm. We can't underplay how that comes into the dynamic sometimes, either financial, sexual, or any other way. Right. Um, when one person feels like they are the ones doing all the heavy lifting in a marriage, mm. right? Hurtful words, inconsiderate behavior. Mm. Those are little things that start to seed resentment in a marriage. Those are things that can potentially cause resentment in a marriage, yeah. right? I mean, I would say, regardless of the issue, I feel like just being able to converse about um, things in the moment they occur. Mm. And if, for example, the moment is not the right time, um, figuring out when exactly you must converse about it. Um, I mean, if it's not the moment of occurrence, then... You should, the moment you realize that they are going to deteriorate, Mm. the moment you realize that you're no longer thinking the way that you should Mm. about your spouse and it's relating to an issue, at that moment, have a conversation. There's something you just said now. You were saying the moment you start to view your spouse differently. Mm. Because, you know, we, while everyone experiences emotions slightly differently, 
I think that there are some specific things that you, because it, it can be a thin line sometimes where you mm. feel like I'm upset, legitimately mm. so. But then you don't know that you've crossed over being just, let me call it righteous anger. You've mm. crossed over being in righteous. righteous <laughs> <laughs> you've crossed over being in that place right. and you've translated into the danger zone of resentment. Right. And I feel like there's some things that you might notice, like even though we experience emotions differently, like there's some things that we might notice, some emotions, some behaviors that you might start to see mm. that should actually start to stop you in your tracks. They're like, caution, caution, yeah. danger zone ahead, danger zone ahead. But you know the issue is, I think many people fear confronting issues, mm. right? Um, many people fear confronting issues just because, you know, they don't want to rock the boat. Mm. Right, and because um, I feel like maybe in their head or in people's head, you know, and I mean, I speak from understanding, rocking the boat, you know, might seem like troubling the relationship. Mm. But then, what what would somebody see that should, like, you know, in terms of awareness now, what, what, what would you see, what feelings would you see that would then stop you in your tracks to say, you know what, I think I'm crossing over into resentment. I mean, I think one, one thing for me is, passive aggressiveness, general hostility towards your partner or passive aggressiveness. Or when you start to deprioritize them, like you start to turn to other people for the things that you would have typically gone to them for fun, comfort, mm. advice. You start to look for other ways to feel all of those things. Even when you start to get into that place where you start to compare your partner to maybe ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, and you start to feel jealous because you wish, you think you might have had a better life with somebody else apart from them. I think those are things that are like red flags that should start raising all the alarms in your head. Like, you know what? I'm crossing over into the danger zone of resentment. Because I know that we're going into how can we avoid it and potentially how can we solve it. So how then do we overcome resentment? How, if you're already even there, how do you redress? If you're... Not there yet, but you're starting to see that you've you've started to have some of those negative emotions that I described earlier. How do you prevent yourself from crossing over into resentment? I mean, I feel I feel, like I was saying, like I was saying about you know rocking the boat. Um, I feel like people get to that point where they fear that troubling the relationship will lead to further conflict. Mm. And so, because you're trying to maintain, you know, what peace. you call peace, <laughs> right, um, you refuse to rock the boat. Mm. Right, and then the, there's the fear that unrest, you know, will probably lead to the separation that they fear. So, mm, mm. and I think because you think that there is perhaps impending separation mm. uh, or the possibility of separation, you do not rock the boat, and uh, that's just the place where communication would have solved the problem from the get go. Mm. Things would spiral downwards or get to the point where you are now needing to, you know, um, have some sort of crash. Uh, solution mm. you know to make things work right you've dealt with it from the onset mm. you know it's part of why i teach you know Fifi and Fola at the moment to communicate <laughs> and negotiate regardless mm. right negotiate with yourselves if you have a problem don't come and report daddy or mommy go and negotiate and let's know what the outcome of your negotiation is mm. because I think that many of us were not taught how to communicate. At all. We're not taught how to have right. difficult conversations. We're not taught how to, exactly, how to negotiate, right? For example, I didn't see this growing up as a child. What didn't you right? see? I didn't see <laughs> negotiation, communication, especially in the face of conflict. Mm. I didn't see conflict, marital conflict. I didn't see it. Um, what I saw was parents that were constantly at peace. 
right and in all my 30 years of living with them experienced obvious friction just once mm. i mean we're driving somewhere and then it was obvious that my dad and my mom weren't you know weren't <laughs> you know and then it was obvious that there was some heat between them you know but in less than two minutes they are still laughing both of them mm. however they resolved it you know um in less than two minutes they were done with whatever friction i thought i saw you know and somehow i think i'd grown having the illusion that peace was the proof of a perfect marriage Mm. You know, uh, because they have seemed ununderstandably perfect. Well, yep, and, yep, no, 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 no. I, I, I know your mom, your mom is your mom is late now, but we need to give it to them. They had a beautiful marriage. Yeah, they, they, did. they had a beautiful marriage. They did. they did. But I think what what I then realized, you know, um, and this is me putting their marriage aside, mm. was that peace is not the hallmark of a perfect marriage. Mm. Right. Dun, dun, we need to have a bell for when you drop this all this your <laughs> gems. This is not the hallmark of a perfect marriage or a relationship. You know, there are values like trust, unity, truth, commitment, growth, love, respect, you know, that we should pay attention to. Absolutely. I know, I think it was Jordan Peterson that I had saying this thing where he said conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. Right. Like, as Absolutely. in, you avoid it and Absolutely. then it then goes on to multiply because. You know, on the flip side, where you never saw conflict, I, what, well, not in a marriage, but the, the, the conflict resolution style that I was ex- exposed to was more of the one where there's a proverbial cooler, mm. where things are being stored. And, and when that cooler is now full, there's an eruption, do you understand? Mm. And what, what then happens is that when that eruption happens, there's, there's destruction mm. because... Mm. It happens in the heat of rage. It happens in the heat of anger. It's a literal outburst. Mm. And that it's very difficult to come from that place to make any resolutions. Do you understand? Right. So I feel like you saw you saw avoidance in a different type of way. And I saw avoidance in a different type of way. Mm. It was not avoidance where there was a resolution. It was avoidance where, you know, I'm storing this in the cooler. My mom would say something like in Yoruba. She say kula etifa like she literally telling you that you know you've been you've been doing things consistently, and the day your kula is full, you will receive it. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. And I feel like what that then created was greater intensity of anger, greater intensity of rage, greater intensity of outbursts. Mm. And I feel like that kula in itself contributes greatly to resentment. And if you are listening to us and you have a kula that you are storing all the offenses that your partner, your spouse is has made or has done mm. i think you should just first throw the cooler in the ocean and then yeah. come back and listen to the podcast i mean it's, it's just understanding that resentment in itself or resentful emotions can only thrive in silence mm. you know if you speak you've done something to undo the chance that it will continue to brew or grow mm. um and of course that doesn't take away the fact that understanding how to communicate these things mm-hmm. would matter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel that the way that you pass your conversation across, regardless of how terribly you think the other person has acted, you know, or whatever the case is, mm. the, 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 one of the, would I say, one of the all marks of good communication is that you're able to withhold judgment regardless of the other person's absolutely, position. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you're able to come at them from a place of empathy. I understand you know, how this might have been for this person to act in this way. Mm. But let's have a conversation because I need to find out. Mm. So mm. it's more like curiosity, withholding judgment, with empathy and ensuring that you're having a conversation void of any form of criticism. But you know, there's another thing is, 
many of us and I don't I know that we might have audience that are not African, but many mm. of us Africans, we've not been taught to communicate our desires. We've not been taught yeah. to communicate our so so beyond even having difficult conversations regarding something that has happened that you don't you don't like, we've also not been taught to speak about our desires freely. Do you understand? Mm. So for so for many of us we'll rather criticize than actually communicate our wishes and our desires. Mm. So for example, someone might say, You never do the dishes. Right? Mm. But what they really want to say is, I would love if you do the dishes more. Right. And the moment you say you never do, the other person is compelled to defend themselves. Absolutely. Defend themselves because I'm being accused. But then the, we need to also get to the root of why people are uncomfortable saying, I would love if you do the dishes more. I you find that... want to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if I put myself out there saying... I would really like this. And then you don't do it. I have to think that you don't care, right? And I think I think it's best for myself to to protect myself from that feeling. And I think one of the things to reach for is transparency. I mean, there's a reason why marriage is a vow. Mm-hmm. You don't tell the truth to someone who can run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have a way out, you can self-protect and you can guard yourself. Right. right. Well, then if you know that there's no way out, this place that you are getting into is the place that you want to be till death do you guys apart, mm, mm. then you will reach for transparency. Right. You will reach for vulnerability. Right. You will give your trust as a gift. And it's a mm. courageous mm. giving, though, because mm. that person can decide to do anything. They can do and undo with mm. the trust. Mm. But then you will courageously give your trust as a gift to say, you know what? I can, I, I can, I can be open here. Right. I can express my vulnerabilities. I can express my desires. I can express my expectations, right. and I can even express how I will feel if those expectations are not met. Mm. So that we, we, we know we're on the same page. Mm. Mm. I think, I think that when you say to give trust as a gift, that that is something that I've, I know that I've had that conversation. You know, at. Uh, you know, a couple of platforms, and it wasn't as if it was received, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think people are more conscious of the fact that, you know, you can, you, you must ensure that trust is earned, you must ensure that, but I feel like after the vow, there are certain things that you give. Yeah. Give believing that the other person understands what you both have mm, communicated mm, through the vow. Mm. I mean, the vow says till death do you part, says in sickness and in health, mm. you know, says for richer, for poorer, says these things that show that it doesn't matter how high or how low we go, we're supposed to stick together. Mm. The vow is supposed to communicate that there is no out for any of us. Mm. It's literally like we are trapped. Mm. And so if you vowed to be trapped together, how best should you be trapped together? Yeah. That's more or less like the thought yeah. that I feel like people should have. So if we'll be trapped together, I might as well give you all my love. Yeah, I might as well give you all my trust. I mm. might as well give you everything, right? So that the being trapped is worth it then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I feel like, and I'm not saying that there are no issues in different marriages. Oh, and there issues are. are peculiar to people, mm-hmm. right? Issues are proof of personal dysfunctions. Not the idea that marriage does it's, not work. Mm. 
issues are peculiar to people's personal dysfunction. And I think that if people are able to view from that point of view that the issues we have are either someone's personal dysfunction, someone's inappropriateness, someone's inability to, you know, hold up the right character per time, then they should be addressing those things. Mm. Because it then means that in a place where that is possible to change, then a better trap is easier to create. Mm. All right? A better trap is easier to create. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. I understand that you can enjoy being in a trap. Mm. Every addiction, as far as I'm concerned, is a trap. Mm. And you can be addicted to your marriage as a trap as well. Like, mm. I love this trap. I don't want to be free from this trap. Once you can't be free from oh, something, you're what my is favorite that? Trap. It's a I trap. love you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be free. You can't do anything else. Like, even if you wanted to do something else, you are trapped. Mm. View it like a trap. It better be a trap that is worth it. Yeah. And yeah. how does it get that worth it? Is you creating how fun or how great your trap should be. You know, there's something I was yeah. going to say as you were speaking. I think Hallmark movies, no no shade on Hallmark. Mm. They're just the name that came to my head first. I think they did a lot of disservice to many of us. Yeah. They made it seem like marriage and love is effortless. Mm. But I think on the on the flip side, marriage is actually effortful. Like it is full of effort. Right. It is full of effort. And it is those that effort, it is that intentionality that then makes it worth it. That then mm. makes that trap, mm. like you, you've, mm. you've chosen to coin it, enjoyable. Yeah. Do you understand? And we must be willing to put in that effort. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of what I was going to say when I was, you know, already talking about the fact that I don't, you know, in any way minimize the idea that some people um, are having issues or will have issues or have issues, mm. right? But, you know, I believe that if more people resolve that there's no plan to seek what might be better, and I mean both parties now, what might be better outside of their marriage, mm. they will commit a lot more to what they vow to. Mm-hmm. They will commit a lot more to, you know, the idea that respecting it is critical. Mm-hmm. They will commit to truth, mm. you know, telling each other the truth by time. And mm. that involves, even if I feel a certain way I feel might upset you, I find a way to let you know in such a way that that does not affect what we have vowed to, mm. right? And I feel like they will owe themselves that and they'll be able to share that with themselves because they trust that each one of them have accepted that that vow, mm. you know, is an end in itself, mm. not a means to an end. Yeah, I know? think what I hear you saying is that we must, we must come to that place where we're open and honest about the feelings that are contributing to tension, not just the things that are making us excited right. and happy. Right. We must be open and honest about the feelings that are contributing to tension so that opportunities to resolve them can be created. Right, 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 right. I, I, I feel at a level, if you respect your spouse enough, you will tell them what you feel. Mm. And what do I mean? If what you feel is capable of leading you down a path like the one you said where you then begin to consider better options yeah, yeah. <laughs> quote and unquote if you respect them enough you won't let yourself get to that point mm. where comparison becomes something you do mm. because you find your spouse inadequate at one level or the other yeah now somebody wants to ask but how do i communicate this if they never understand mm. then that's a foundational problem yeah. that needs to be dealt with with a lot of understanding mm. we don't have would i say understanding of communication that's something to jointly deal with yeah, yeah. that's something to jointly address 
and not everything in a marriage is addressed by just both of you. Sometimes seek help. Yeah. Because <laughs> you find that this particular thing will damage us if we don't deal with it. Yeah. And at that point, you are able to vulnerably, as a couple, seek help. There is no badge of championship or there's no badge of winning for a couple that refuse to seek help when they need help. I know. I feel like many many have come to the place where they view seeking help as a flaw, as a weakness. But I think mm. it's actually a strength. Because a strength. You, you, you're introspective enough to recognize that we've got these limitations mm. and the resources we need to address this thing is not easily within our reach right. as a couple. It might even be within your reach, but in the moment, because you are the one faced with the emotions, mm. you are unable to grasp it. Mm. And you might need somebody else on the outside that is absent or away from the emotions to deal with it for you or to guide you through the path of action mm. because you'll be acting through your emotions rather than acting through appropriate thoughts and somebody needs to be able to hold your hand in those moments i mean we've had situations where we had to speak with somebody yeah because we know we needed someone to be able to stand in the place of good reasoning for us mm. You know, and lead us outside of our emotions in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying just just reiterates one of the points I was hoping to make was that it's important to have a support system of people around you right. that you can talk to for perspective. That you can trust. That you can trust <laughs> and you can talk to for perspective. Mm. Because in the heat of your emotions, it colors your viewpoint. Right. So being able to speak to people who are removed, for lack of a better way to put it, removed from the situation. Mm helps you gain better perspective right. helps you gain proper right. perspective right. Right. and i think so we've spoken about a few things we've spoken about how communication reaching for transparency reaching for open and honest communication is something that can help mm. something that is not, not even just that can help something that is critical to overcoming resentment we've mm. spoken about seeking help getting mm. the help that you need mm. and i think another thing is extending grace to one another mm. you know Resentment, like I said, can be informative. Mm. It can be a pointer to things that you need to let slide. Mm. Not everything is worth making a fuss over. You know, one of the early advices that you will get that many, because it's common advice, mm. is choose your battles. Mm. Don't sweat the small stuff. There are some things that are not necessary. There are some things that are actually reflect the things that you are bitter about. Actually, there is a reflection. It's a mirror to you to say you need to fix up. You need to mature. You need to grow. Mm. Everything is not about your partner growing. Your partner maturing. Some of the anger and the things that you have, your unresolved, the tension that you have on the inside, is actually pointing to areas of growth for you as well. Yeah. Not just okay, that is the area that my partner needs to grow in and needs to develop in. You know, you know something I've toyed with, you know. And it's not something I'm willing to drop. Is the fact that many people do not love unconditionally, mm. even in marriage. So, and this would be something that people will fight immediately <laughs> because love, even almost at the highest levels, is conditional. Mm. I love you because. And so, when somebody does something, you find that you are quick to be able to criticize, mm -hmm. you're quick to be able to judge, you're quick to be able to question, because you've taken away that ability to be able to unconditionally view them from a point of positive regard. Mm. I see you and I understand that you are worthwhile, ah. regardless of what has happened um, or what is going on right brain. now. Mm. 
Mm. And if you put yourself in that position where unconditional love is what you have given, unconditional regard, an unconditional positive regard, you mm. can hold that person at that position, and they will be able to even have some sense of self-regard, just viewing how you view them. To make sure that they live up to that. And it can bring that. them to a place where they are then consciously wanting to, to live, live up, up to, to that, that because yeah. of how you see them. Mm, mm. But if you act as though what you do can affect what I do, then you are both in a in a ping pong game, passing things at yourself, mm. and each one trying to be their best because they don't they fear what the other person might you know do or feel <laughs> if they are not their best. As against you both putting yourself to higher standards of living, mm. which is you are your best. Mm. Bring that forward. Mm. That's what we signed up to. Mm. I feel that it's a bigger place it's a, and it's, it's a, a complete better place. Cha- it's a complete game changer. It's a complete game changer. These conversations are almost late when you are already married. Mm. These conversations are better had when you are still growing mm. and being groomed. Mm. But that doesn't mean that in marriage you can't have them. Because my point is, once you realize that there's a deficiency in how you view things, your perspectives, your thought processes, your understanding of even the union you have gotten into, mm. the way you express the things you express, the way you hold the value you said, the way you treat the spouse you love, <laughs> once you understand that there are fundamental deficiencies or issues around these things, that shows you the need for grooming. Mm. And that grooming then is personal. Yeah. You can't project it to the next person and act like, you know, they are a bad person because you feel a certain way. No, you need to fix how you feel. Yeah. yeah. You need to fix what creates how you feel. Because how you feel and what you do from how you feel can then even create resentment for the other person. Mm. So you are resentful at a level. They are also bringing resentment because of how you are treating them. Mm. And so you might both be in that exchange of putting yourselves in positions where no one is extending grace enough or extending love enough or extending unconditional ways of treating the other person. I like the way you framed it, unconditional positive regard. I think that's as in that's something to definitely take away from this episode. Yeah, your partner is human. They will make mistakes. And even on the journey to rebuilding, because some people are listening to this and they're, they're being stirred up to want to recreate, to rebuild. Mm. There will still be mistakes. Mm. And I think that's where that unconditional positive regard comes up. And I think we should be, we should do away with a critical spirit. Mm. Having a critical mm. spirit and a thriving marriage, they don't go together. Mm. Mm. So if you are somebody who is prone to criticizing prone to having a critical spirit mm. i think that's something to work on you know there's this there's this quote <laughs> by carl rogers when you criticize me i intuitively dig in to defend myself however when you accept me i suddenly am willing to change i feel like i mean as we we're speaking about it i reminded of the quote and i'm telling myself that's exactly how change happens that many people do not realize when people resent the thing they want to change and they expect the person to change it's not possible mm. Mm. you need mm. to love the person that you want to change and for change to happen yeah intuitively mm. they defend themselves intuitively everyone has that thing called ego that they need to protect mm-hmm. and there's something in psychology called defense mechanisms that play out in the face of an overwhelm 
to a person's ego. Mm. So you realize that in the face of um, issues, there's a need to protect or distort the effect of the issues on your person. And those defense mechanisms will pop up. Mm. Those defense mechanisms pop up without your own um, will. Mm. You are not intending for them to pop up. They just pop up. Mm. People de- deflect to those ways of defending themselves for their own peace and balance. Yeah. And if we realize that even amongst couples, that is playing out because we are human. We are. You know, you must first understand that I'm married to a human being. <laughs> And the way my head might have its moments where it's thinking in some way that I can't control is the way their head would have those moments too. And so, commit yourself to checking in with the other person from time to time Mm. to ensure that you both are still good. Yeah. Is there anything you think I can change? Mm. Is there anything you think I can do better? Is there anything you feel, you know, know, is disrupting who we are or what we claim that we are together? I was just thinking about it, like a, having a, a 30 day challenge like mm-hmm. where you just ask yourself questions daily mm. is there anything you think i can do better is mm. there anything you think i can improve on for mm. the health of our marriage like questions like that like d- deep things that will trigger conversations mm. like that will help you dig into the other person's heart like what is on your heart and your mind today mm. like just to know how you can better improve the health of your marriage i think mm. it's so important right and you know as we're also speaking one of the things I mentioned earlier was like a case where one person feels like they are doing all the heavy lifting right. and the other person isn't, right? Mm. And I remember when we moved to the UK, mm. we sort of moved, I moved before COVID, you came before the lockdown and then Fifian Fala came in the heat of the lockdown mm. and in that season you became a stay-at-home dad literally because mm. I was on the front lines and I was going to work. But there were times because when I just had Fifi and Fola. I couldn't work mm. for a season. And you were going out to work. And because I saw how we, we navigated that season, right? Mm. Because there were times when I felt resentful of you in that period. Mm. Because I'm like, he's going out, he's having fun. I'm mm. just stuck here with two children. And we came to a place of having conversations about it. And we grew from that point. When, it, when the coin, when the table now flipped and i was on the the one with the life that i was actually going Mm, out mm. i was actually interacting with people Mm. in a sense i was actually doing what i loved like yes covid was there but i actually enjoy my work as a doctor Mm. and then you were stuck home i wasn't stuck (laughs) (laughs) i was home (laughs) you were at home your business in the uk hadn't even gone afloat Mm. it was important for me in that season to acknowledge you to say i see your sacrifice i see the things that you're doing for us Mm. and there are days i would even suggest you know what i'm getting fifi and fala today i'm sorting them out i'll do all the homeschooling i'll do all the home learning Mm. you just do the things that make you tick you just do the things that you enjoy Mm. and i feel like simple things like that it's marriage is like it's like a dance You all, you've, you've perfectly choreographed and you've perfectly rehearsed your steps. Right. And each person just comes in at the right time. Nobody right. is trying to, is a duet. You're not trying to outdance the other person. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, just speaking about outdance, I, I can imagine that there are some people that face, when I say, spousal competition. Mm. And that might be the basis or the foundation of their resentment, such that 
because a person is thriving and the other is not, there's a problem. Mm. So the frictions actually arise from comparison, mm. right? You're comparing yourself to your spouse, yeah, yeah. forgetting the idea that if one wins, we both win. Yeah. And so you are resenting their progress because you get to do the things that seemingly do not allow you progress. Now, I'm not talking about those that sacrifice themselves and refuse to move and take action on their life. I'm talking about those that have to do it because mm. the family dynamics demand so. Mm, the compromise in that season is that somebody... Somebody has that, to. Yeah. And there has to be conversations that bring you both to a point of understanding that this is what we have to do right now and this is my role in what we have to do. That communication, that negotiation is critical. But then there's something you said I think is very important. Mm. A win for one is a win for both. Absolutely. And then it's also responsibility on the one that is shining mm. to also make sure that the other person is not completely sacrificing their dreams to a point where they start to forget who they are. And I think that's where the negotiation and the conversations come in. Because without that communication, there's no understanding. When do I stand up? Mm. When do I set out? When do I take action? Mm. When do I... Because if the reason a person is trying to win personally in a marriage is because the other one is winning meanwhile other things will suffer if the person begins to stand up and do what they want to do mm. they've lost the That's idea yeah. of oneness mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they've lost the idea of the fact that they are joint synergy is the word yeah they've lost the idea that that synergy is what's keeping them in balance mm. and the moment somebody comes and disrupts the flow or the rhythm in the dance they lose what they have. Mm. So I decide to start stepping backwards. <laughs> Instead of forwards, right? Instead of sideways or forwards as we are both or jointly stepping. Mm. Then we lose what we have. Then we create friction. Then we create unrest. And from the unrest, if we don't confront it, we get to resentment. Yeah, so I feel like also just knowing that even though one person is compromising in this season acknowledging that compromise mm. right on having an understanding of the compromise right helps the other person because there's no joy when you are growing and your partner isn't and that's one of the places where people can inadvertently slip into resentment where it seems like one person is growing and you're leaving me behind mm. but, i mean but that's what that's what that's what i meant when i was saying that in those conversations, it's already understood mm. why one person has to go and another person has to hold on. Yeah, yeah. And I if both you. can go, then both go. Mm. But this is how the balance of the family works yeah. when we both are out there doing what we have to do. Yeah. And the dynamics are different for different families. And different for different seasons that you right. find yourself. Yeah, right. different for different. And the communication or constant communication brings you to constant understanding that keeps you in the appropriate reading for the times mm. that you are in. Oh, well, I, you know, that I don't know how that analogy just dropped in my head of marriage as a dance and just mm. everybody just doing their own path and making sure that they keep that synchrony. I think it's been a really great episode today. Right. And for I normally do this thing for those that thrive in some reason. <laughs> but then mm. it feels like we've said so much that it's even difficult for me to to I'll go back and summarize. But I'll summarize with this. Many couples that we've worked with have resentment on one side and shame and hopelessness on the other. But no matter the damage that was done, we have seen couple after couple 
roll up their sleeves and do the work. Mm. We have watched people change and grow and impress themselves as well as their partners. And in some ways, healing a major rupture such as this can be a huge gift to the relationship because it can teach you to it can teach you things that you might have otherwise not have mastered, right? Mm. So whether you decide to work on this alone or you decide to seek counsel, please know that resentments can be moved past and the future is bright. Right, right. And I, I think I'll reiterate what was said earlier. I think you said that about how couples should pay attention to these things together. You know, it's always a shame when one person is trying to work to make a couple better mm. and the other one is actually sitting or standing aloof mm. and expecting that things are going to be better. Mm. It cannot be better by one. Yeah, yeah. Because there's two in the picture. You know, with that dance analogy, the two people that want to learn the tango, they come to practice. Mm. They learn their moves. Mm. They learn their steps. Not one person sitting down and say, okay, we're going to do the tango, but you go ahead and start rehearsing. Right. I'll just sit down here. Right. It can never be better by one <laughs> yeah. between the picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, we're forever rooting for you, and the marriages that work are worked out.